to Garage Night, where road trips are conquered. I'm Randall, and I'm joined by my co-hosts. I'm Jeff. And I'm Andy. And tonight we are going to talk about Randy's Texas trip, more Bronco news, and more. So let's start off with the uh, ride segment. Um, I have a a big, long uh, kind of road trip adventure, uh, but I kind of wanted to see what you guys were up to uh, first. Well, for me, I've been uh, working on the uh, the uh, AC system for my car, so I've uh, I decided to uh, pony up and, and buy a vintage air system for my Chevy. Uh, over the past week or so, I uh, I was driving the Chevy around, and uh, it's been warm, and I realized that I really don't like being in a car that's a sweat box, and my Bronco is going to be coming back from paint in a matter of weeks and i decided that i need to order an air conditioning system for the chevy so i put together kind of a um, list of all the things i needed and i ordered up uh, a setup from vintage air um, ordered a bunch of different fittings ordered a hose kit and uh, rather than ordering all of the ventilation little controls i decided that with the stuff that i have access to at work a 3d printer i decided i'm going to 3d print a a plenum and a manifold and all the things necessary basically for a, uh, for a nice integrated, uh, AC system coming out of the speaker, uh, grill in the center of the dash with, uh, directional louvers and all types of stuff. So I've been working on that and that's been pretty fun. And I, uh, I sent these guys some pictures and some concepts of what I'm, what I'm doing. And, um, I got, uh, got parts trickling in. I got the condenser mounted this weekend. I kind of finalized my, my design and then I, uh, I printed out one of the parts. It should be finished printing tomorrow at work and, and I'll go in and pick that up and, and check it, how it fits uh, against the dash and make sure the profile is correct. And, and if that part's good, then I can go ahead and print the rest of the parts uh, since that one's probably the most critical for uh, following the contour of the dash. But uh, I'll, have, uh, I'll have Randy throw up some pictures on the Instagram just in case anyone's interested seeing kind of where where that what that's looking like and uh and the functionality there uh but that's pretty cool and um only thing i i only other thing i did i guess was i went and looked at the uh bronco it got painted and uh dude that car that truck's so straight now it looks really really good uh there was a few spots that the uh the painter wasn't really happy with um he had some issues with the lighting in the uh in the booth um so there's a there's a, uh, a place that rents like really sanitary, nice booths um, for you to basically go rent. You shoot, has good cross flow, good lighting, yada, yada. And, and uh, I guess that that uh, particular spot has not been maintained very well over the last year and uh, had some issues with the booth. And so there was some um, some of the areas where the lighting was poor. There's some some issues with the metallic. So. He's uh, on his own dime. He's sanding it back down and, and reshooting some of it. So, um, you know, in, and to my, I mean, to his defense, I mean, the truck looked fantastic. I mean, there wasn't a, a ripple on the body. It was it was laser straight. It looked amazing. Um, but there were just some blemishes in the metallic and the in the paint that were uh, that were kind of driving him crazy. And uh, and I'm happy he's taking it upon himself to fix all that. And uh, he's he's doing a killer job on it. So I'm really excited to to see how that comes out. And um, yeah, other than that, um, I've just been focusing on this AC, getting this Chevy dialed in, and then I think uh, I'm going to kick this thing off to interior once it's all done and uh, start working on the Bronco. But uh, 
I think that's it for me. What about what about you, Andy? What have you been doing? Not a whole lot. Uh, ran the AC issues and the focus down to the compressor failing, which is disappointing because it's not hardly hardly old at all. It doesn't have it doesn't even have an oil change with the miles on it yet, and it's failed. So that's a, that's just about as far as I've went. I haven't got a new one yet to replace it. So I've been driving around with basically no AC in it. And, until we get time to rip it apart now that it's kind of become my daily again. So at one point or another, I'll have to take it apart, but for right now I'm just kind of dealing with it and driving it. And I mean, I'll probably just, I might just leave it till winter. It's not, it's not too bad. My drive's pretty short now. Um, <clears throat> the Mustang, um, the cutouts on it are pretty much done. Um, <clears throat> they're pretty much we I got them to open up one more time or so, but they're pretty much stuck open now. Uh, so nice. I, I yeah, right. <laughs> you Down can come over is, to my house and just idle and my well, neighbor yeah. will love you. I'll come right over. Um yeah. Downside is it's not totally fun to drive it all the time with them open, but Regardless, I emailed the company and they said, yeah, they've got lifetime warranty on them. We just have to pay to ship them back to them and they'll either re- rebuild them if they're rebuildable. If not, they'll replace them and send me a new set. So that's my What's the company that, that did it. What's uh, the manufacturer? It's pipes. Oh. Oh, okay. Uh, there's a there's one that the guys on uh, on uh, Pitch and Rides use that looks pretty solid. I can't remember the name of it, though. Yeah. There, there's another. Zoomy or something like that, I think. Yeah, I, I can't remember who it was. There was another kid I had saved before I got this one. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll give this a shot. I mean, if they're they're gonna re- replace them for free, I'll I'll pay the yeah. You can't really turn that sh- down. You know, to ship it to them, whatever. Sure, I'm just hoping yeah, yeah, yeah. Longer this time, you know, if they if they're only gonna last, you know, a couple hundred miles, I'm not gonna put up with that. Right, right. No, they for said, sure. They said, you know, well, the closer you put them, you know, the further the further up the exhaust you put them, closer to the motor, the quicker they're going to fail. I'm like, you guys didn't design this to take heat; it's exhaust. Yeah, where where are they located at? They're right off the header. So it goes header to Ooh. up to the Y pipe. Yeah, but I mean, like, it's kind of where they said. Is there any chance you can move them back further towards the cats? No, they're yeah, not in the only place under the car that it was going to work, and even at that, we had to cut the flanges off and have the flanges rewelded to orient the the solenoids a certain way. Otherwise, they were just going to hit everything on the ground. They're literally the only oh, car that they would go unless you put them behind the muffler, which defeats the point. Sure, sure. So, yeah, they're kind of, they are where they are. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll let them rebuild them once and hopefully they last longer. If not, I'm going to try a different different one if, if those don't last, but we'll see. That's that's basically all I got. I haven't even torn it apart yet. I meant to do it this weekend, but Fourth of July weekend just got away from me. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, that's about all I've got. So I guess uh, we should let Randy dive into his Texas trip here. And it'll it'll circle back around a little bit because I got to ride in the uh, in the Cobra. This is so, true. But I uh, I'll I'll uh, poke the wound a little bit worse here in a minute. So. Um, so yeah, our house, uh, by the time everyone hears this, our house will have closed. Nice. Uh, nice. Congrats, yeah. man. Moving forward. So, uh, 
Uh, I had to leave the truck there, as I've uh, mentioned before, because we took a big truck back up instead of, you know, waiting to send a pod and all that. We just got it done. Um, so I had to leave the blue truck there. And uh, it was the only thing left in the whole house was that. And uh, we left a an air mattress and a sleeping bag um, in the truck. So what I did is I flew in Thursday uh, morning. And so by the time I landed with the uh, time change and taking the Uber there, uh, I arrived at my house about four o'clock. Uh, and I'm thinking I, I took a, a jump, a battery jumper, you know, little batteries that are about the size of like a book uh, and got a couple of leads coming off of it. Cause I was sure the truck was going to be dead. It hasn't been touched in two and a half months or so. So I'm like, okay, I'll have to jump it. But I went into the garage, opened the garage door, hopped in the truck, and uh, hit the key. I'm like, well, let's see. And the lights came on. I'm like, okay, that's a good start. Cranked it over, and uh, it cranked a couple extra times. But it fired, and then it kind of coughed a little bit, and then rumbled right up to, uh, you know, 1,500 RPMs as it always does. So I was pretty pleased with that. Um, and so ran out to the store, got all my snacks for the trip and picked up pizza and worked on a couple things on the house and then, uh, woke up 5:30 in the morning, Friday morning and, uh, headed out. So I was driving by six o'clock and, uh, so it's a long way <laughs> and uh, a long trip. I, I knew that. So I was thinking of different ways to entertain myself. Uh, I listened to a lot of podcasts, but um, I knew that was going to get a little old. So I tried to intersperse them with something else. <laughs> so what I decided to do to uh, keep myself entertained is started doing kind of like voice memos on my phone, just kind of like journaling things that I thought were interesting that were clearly not. Um, I ended up over the trip, which was 30 hours of driving. I recorded over an hour and 40 minutes of <laughs> just talking to myself in the car. And That's pretty uh, good. most of that was in the first day. Cause really <laughs> once I was about two thirds of the way through, I, I was such a zombie. I was like, nothing you don't have to do. Um, but, uh, I might see there's a lot of like wind noise and road noise uh when i listen back to them i might see if i can make it listenable and post it up as for people that hate themselves to listen to <laughs> oh that'd uh, be me it's mostly nonsensical but it, it's uh you can hear me ramble quite incoherently towards the end <laughs> it's like oh he needs to go to bed uh so took off at at 6 a.m um and uh so I was on the US 287, which I was on pretty much the first half of the trip, was this one highway. So took it north to Wichita Falls, then it kind of breaks west to Amarillo. And uh, by Amarillo, I was on my second gas stop. Uh, from there, I broke north to a town called Dumas and continued through uh, the panhandle of, of Oklahoma uh, through Boise City and then right into... Colorado. By Colorado, I was climbing 4,500 to 5,000 feet 
and I stayed there until I left uh, uh, Utah. Um, so a lot of lot of high altitude stuff, but I was getting decent mileage uh, through the flats, even at high elevation. I was getting 19, 20 miles to the gallon. Um, so that was nice. Uh, it's not near the twenty six that you know we <laughs> seem to get in our in our Mustangs, but for the truck, I was I was pretty happy with it because with the four ten gears, I was running, you know, twenty five hundred to three thousand RPMs depending on the speed. Um, yeah, so I, I went up through Boise City, Oklahoma, into Colorado, um, and then at Kit Carson, I met up with the interstate at I seventy and took that into Denver. So Denver, it was, I was 10 miles outside of Denver and I started seeing the clouds and, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but Andy, you spent some time, like you visited Denver, uh, quite a bit, right? Uh, I've been there twice. What was it? Was it a uh, more Colorado Springs? I forget. Cause you've been out to the, uh, um, well, well, both Heights peak. Yeah. Yeah. My wife's from Colorado Springs originally. But yeah, I, I've been okay. there once or twice. So there was a storm that I hit as I was going into Denver. And of course, everything came together at once of this whole trip. I just happened to go through the biggest city of the whole trip, Denver at five 30 in the afternoon on a Friday. I'm sorry. <laughs> and then it took me on, on I 70, which happened to be, like it's like seven lanes on each side, half of which are closed for construction. Oh God, that, that so that, that terrible time. <laughs> it gets worse. That storm turned into like a typhoon. We had we had huge rain droplets coming sideways at us. I couldn't see more than about fifteen feet in front of me, uh, and we're all just doing twenty miles an hour. And it started to flood the elevated freeway, like six inches deep in some places because they've got all the sides of the road blocked off with those big concrete piers. Uh-huh. So it's just making a river and I'm laughing to myself at this point going, really? The wipers are on double and I can still barely see. I'm like, of course, of course. So this continues and it starts letting up as I'm getting out of the construction zone. And then by the time I leave Denver proper, it's, just wet roads doing 70 again. Could be worse. You could, you could go be going through Wyoming in a snowstorm and a boss. Yep. Because out, out there on the flats, it's, there's just nothing to protect you from, from the snowstorm. Yeah. You're, you're just in it. Yeah. Now and in a boss, no less. Like I knew I could always put it in four wheel drive. Tires were made for the rain. It was fine, yeah. but it's just silly. Um, and that's pretty much all the bad weather I encountered the whole trip. It just everything happened in one place. Yeah. So once I was clear of the storm, I uh, went north a little farther to Fort Collins and uh, grabbed dinner. Now, I should mention this is the first time I've stopped for more than gas since I left uh, Fort Worth. So it's been about 12 hours of straight driving, only stopping to put fuel in and head back out. Um, and so GPS is like, hey, you could save 15 minutes by going this way instead of 287 North to Laramie and then continuing on I-80, 
uh, west, it's like, oh, take this road and that road and that road. And I'm like, okay, GPS, I trust you. <laughs> but you should Mistake. Not. And so it, it took me out on these county roads and then eventually on one of these county roads, it was so blurry at this point. Again, uh, probably 13 hours now. And I didn't stop and eat. I grabbed like drive through food and was eating it in the truck. Um, cause I was trying to make it from Fort Worth to Rollins, Wyoming in one day, which ended up being 16 hours travel. So this County road eventually stopped being paved. Turned it turn to gravel. It turned to gravel. <laughs> we we got so, hit by the same bullshit GPS free route. We should know better than this. <laughs> but I'm like, hey, I'll save 25 minutes. Right? I can be in the hotel for 25 minutes or anything. Did you go past the random um, fireworks stand in the middle of nowhere? Oh, well, well I mean, that was, mo- that was most of the trip. <laughs> That's true. It was That's firework true. stands. But... So the, the gravel ended and it started to rain again. Um, oh, I lied when I said there wasn't any more storm. So it started storming again. Um, but it was it was doable, just wipers on regular full. Um, but as I'm going, you know, down this, this gravel road, I just start laughing at myself because everyone else is pulling over and like they're thinking what I'm thinking. This is not the right direction. And uh, so, of course, I, in my stupor, I yell at my phone. I'm like, if you're taking me to a dead end, I will throw you out the window and find my own route. Um, but eventually about five or six minutes later, I found, um, I found the highway again, 287. I'm like, well, I know where this will take me. This is fine. And I'm on that for, Oh, I don't know, two or three minutes. And the rain picks up and then the hail picks up. I'm going up a, a straight hill and I can see this white wall coming straight towards me and the hail gets so bad that I, I can't see the car in front of me slows down. We're doing about 20 and then he disappears in the hail. It felt like, you know, that Captain Jack Sparrow meme of stop blowing holes in my ship. And uh, so it's just coming down like like buckets. And so I pull over with my hazards on. I'm like, well, I'll wait for it to pass. And then a couple minutes later, uh, I see someone coming up. I'm like, okay, someone's willing to weather this storm. We'll see what it is. Remember, remember that weird looking Volvo hatchback that they had, like the C30 with like the black hatchback on the back? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, one of those is just <laughs> bombing through this storm. I'm like, okay, well, I have that, to go. That's a little. <laughs> so I, I, I click it in four-wheel drive, and I go, really, Colorado? Is this normal? Do you yes. do this all the time? Because yes. you're nuts. Jessica's nodding her head, yes. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just, I, I couldn't even. Um, so I just uh, started going up through that. I have to click it into four because because I was stopped. That Volvo knew better. But uh, I had been stopped, so trying to go up with what was the lines have disappeared on the road. It's just all hail. Um, so I just start slipping. I'm like, not going to mess with it. Put it in four and just start going. Then it became smooth sailing for the last three hours, which 
when you see three hours left and you're like home stretch, (laughs) that's, that, that, that's insane. Um, so I get to Rollins, take a quick rest and I'm, I'm back going filled up at 7am the next day, uh, go through Utah, uh, on I-80 and then I don't go through Salt Lake. You can cut north on 84 to go through Ogden. And I just took that all the way up to Boise. And then from Boise, I pulled over and got to stop up there with you, Andy. Yes, sir. And this is where Jeff gets to just just be bummed. (laughs) This is where Jeff was was like me last week with the BMW. This is Jeff this week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's the it's the it's the Fobra. Like, come on, it's, it's so not good. it's not the it's Fobra. So it's good. the Cobra. It well, it's the Furminator. The Furminator. <laughs> Furminator. <laughs> it's it is killer. It is so good. So uh, I stop and you know say hi and we and we roll out and sure enough he he's showing me you know. Uh, all the stuff under the hood. Cause I hadn't seen it uh, before. I had only ridden in it once when he first got it and it was in the dark. Um, so he was showing me how they fit the pro charger in there and uh, how there's no shoulder on the back of one of the pulleys. So if it's off at all, it'll just, the pulley will come off or the belt will come off the pulley. Um, so everything's very specifically packaged in that car. Um, so we, we go out on some of the back roads, uh, and is in his town there. And I, uh, I took some video of it and it was just, is just silly fun. That car, I don't have a lot of experience in centrifugal supercharged vehicles. The only other one I've been in could never find grip, but this one just grips and goes. And I'm used to engines that kind of towards red line start to kind of like the torque drops off and you know everyone gets set back in their seat with high horsepower but eventually get to the upper rpms and you can kind of sit forward this car pushes you in the seat harder and harder all the way to the shift point that's something i need (laughs) need put a super on the uh on the bimmer man you could get there. I'm considering <laughs> it, man. That car was so much fun to ride in. See, I rode and, in uh, it back when it was 400, only 410 horsepower with a boost leak or whatever. And uh, it was fast as shit back then. So. And Andy, what do you think it's it's pushing now relative to that Probably 410? It's, it's crazy fast. Um but it, it the, more importantly, it feels good and it sounds good. And lucky for me, he was able to get the uh, butterflies that, to work. That was a the last time they worked there. Is when you were here. Mm-hmm. And so when we were first driving, it was just closed and it still sounded really good. It's got a nice burble to it, and it's just it's it's how I think a Mustang should kind of canonically sound. But it's got that supercharger wine mixed in. Um, but then he opened up the butterflies on one of the roads. Legitimately sounds like a NASCAR engine. Like 
I because I we joked about I joked about that, but then uh, later the next day, I ended up pulling up NASCAR on my phone when I was listening back to the uh, um, back to the memos and the videos, and so I I listened to NASCAR's going, and then I listened back. And I'm like, that's pretty <laughs> dang close. So it's kind of this unbridled uh, kind of a sound to use a, a cliche, but. Um, then Andy was, uh, foolish enough, foolish enough. We'll go yeah, with that. foolish enough to let, to let me drive it. Oh, I was, ho- I was hoping I, can we hear Jeff being upset? <laughs> from, from... I'm, I'm breathing heavily. <laughs> Insert heavy Anthony. breathing. Yeah. There's a little bit of drool pooling up in the corners of my mouth. Just thinking about driving. That well, car. you know, invitations. So always I just, you can I just always come and drive it. Yeah. You should. It's worth the trip. Did you just get to, to drive did, that car? Did you? So you you drove it then? I drove it. I didn't drive it much. I just kind of drove it down a road and back, uh, which was enough for kind of four pulls. And boy, that thing—it's not—it's not just that it's fast, right? Because you can have a fast car, and that's cool. But it reminded me kind of the bullet in the satisfaction of of shifting. Um, the transmission feels better than any like GT that I've ever driven. Like everything else kind of feels like a, like a soft T five, but this felt properly notchy. Um, and does that have a short yeah, throw on it? Steeda on it. See, but it doesn't feel it's, like it's super, super short. It's like some not others super that short. Driven no. it's, it's just, it's just, it's kind of a, it, the, Half, the halfway, it's just kind of the shortened, um, it doesn't have the whole shift kit in it, whatever you want to call it. It's just got the little bit of the shortened throw. Yeah. It's yeah. just kind of tightened up. Yeah. But it, it felt really good to, to go gear to gear. And you could get it to the floor in like third. Uh, before that, it would have just, it would have just baked them. But you can kind of feel the little bit of adhesion on launch pretty well through the pedals. Um, but for me, a fun thing is to, is to downshift and let it run down without brakes and just hear boom, 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 boom. And it was very, it was a good balance of kind of backfire and pop. Oh, that thing was, that thing was really good. And I, I wish that, uh, the town Andy lived in had a corner that wasn't 90 degrees. (laughs) We're not not near corners. We're in the, we're in the straight side of town. I think yeah. what you should do, uh, just for the benefit of the of the viewer, um, is uh, is uh, do a uh, 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 nice little burnout <laughs> for Instagram and film it. You know, nice nice little smoky one right in front of your uh, your buddy with the uh, what was it the <laughs> yeah. Miata? Yeah, I think you should do one of those for you, for the uh, for the, for the gram, I'm bro. I'm waiting for GoPro to sponsor me because I can't find mine. It's I'm oh, I'm really, really not that sad about it. It was an old like Hero Three, so I think I have the original silver like yeah. first one. It was kind of so so didn't work didn't work the best. It it had been pretty good, but well, you've got a line lock on that sucker yeah. and a two step. 
We played yeah, with we, the toys. We played with those a little <laughs> bit when when I was over there. I think um, I think the people are craving some more cowbell, and I think you <laughs> need to deliver it. Well, I we'll see what we can do. Or, or you just bring your GoPro over here and, you know, you can film it and ride in it and drive it. That's the correct that, answer. That's the answer because we need to get together to do to do the uh, – we had a couple of cruises planned and we still need to do them. We need to go to uh, – oh, where are we going to go? We were going to go Bonneville, to Utah, right? going to happen. Uh, I think it was Nevada yeah, on August nights, wasn't it? Or was Speed it uh, Speed Week? Speed Week. Speed week, and then zip tie yeah. drags. We need to do that too. Well, that might be that might be something for the uh, cheap car challenge that, uh, that I was talking about doing. Uh, yeah. That we were going to do on the coast. Zip tie could work. Yeah, we need to do that. Um. So I stayed there for about an hour, and then had to had to keep keep moving on. Um, I was originally going to stay there that night but it was like four o'clock mountain time when i got there and i'm like oh yeah yeah i could make at, i can make at it that home. point it's only a yeah. short trip from there when yeah, you're, you're one seven hours. Hours. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly hours if you got a light foot if you're driving a mazda three uh, you you, it used to be five but i won't do it in five anytime soon okay. well <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I was trying to keep the truck at a kind of a consistent uh, click because I have a lot more faith in that thing than I did, but uh, yeah. you know, still don't want to push it. So, what was and, the total mileage of your trip then? Uh, let me actually check that right now because I know how long it was, but uh, uh, as far as mileage, I don't quite remember off the top of my head so we'll go that is some furious typing bro you gotta get one of those mechanicals yeah yeah so it is let's see uh that's the direction i went you can't put a plane on there google that's cheating uh according to this which that's not that's the route I took 1,999 miles <laughs> or with my detour in um, uh, in Colorado probably about <laughs> yeah. 2,200 miles so 2,200 miles one way you did twice with the range so you did 4,400 miles in the ranger between your two trips that you and that's the most mileage you put on it yep. years actually the 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 other trip was farther um, you went, we went down California, didn't you? Um, oh, no, California was the way back. Uh, we went through Utah south and then through New Mexico. So that one's actually that's a little bit less. That's 1987. So yeah, it's about 2,000 miles. I believe it was made so 4,000 miles. Thank you very uh, much. Traveling alone. <laughs> funny guy funny guy so i mean there's no more story after that because it's just back to portland but that was 
in a 40 hour period, I did 30 hours of driving. The other 10 hours, eight of them were sleeping at a hotel and an hour was at the Tamlins. So that's less than an hour of getting gas, using restrooms, anything else. I was at the hotel for for eight hours and five minutes or something. Did you go to a, did you, awesome. did you go to a pay by the hour hotel? Yeah, that's. <laughs> I would have. Man, that went right over Randy's head, didn't it, Jeff? <laughs> oh no! I, oh no! I got it. Did you? I'm, what did you get at the at the hotel? It's just me. It can be. Oh. What, what did you get? Did you bring anything back for Abby? Maybe on the lip. <laughs> I would have gotten that last time we hung out if that was going to be the oh <laughs> speaking of which you should probably get tested <laughs> anyway so that was my long and arduous trip I don't recommend it split it into three days that's probably the better way to go of course there are people that drive for a living yeah. and they're going, <laughs> yeah. so, you know. I would have done it all nighter. That's, yeah, that's man, after 16 hours, I was We used I was to like, do, when yeah, we used to race, we used to go down stop. to LA and, one no, day, and that know, was, was enough. Just... Oh, yeah, that's true. But hey, it'll make it easier for me to yeah. go go visit did, you in Idaho now. We did Portland like, oh, to Colorado hours, Springs one day too, and I think it was 20 hours. Straight through. I drove most of it. Jessica oh, drove one full so stop. That was a long trip. Yeah. I remember oh. when I used to drive back and forth to college and it was six hours one way. And then I'd do that there yeah. and back in a weekend to come see you guys. Up there like eight, nine hours. That was a 12 hour driving. And yeah. No, it, yeah. Six hour drive there, and then I'd hang out in, in at home for basically a day, and then drive back. His parents did so yeah, right. much to try to keep him away, and he still yeah. kept showing up. I feel so right. bad he for just him. Kept dragging him back over. <laughs> it was it was much more. It was much more like there was car stuff and not going there. on in Portland, and yeah. no one in college gave a shit about cars. Central Idaho is not a a major hub for automotive. No, you'd be surprised. You know, you'd think, you know, Central Idaho, there would be some really fast, dope cars there. There's, since there's the, lots of open roads. Central, not so much. Boise in the Valley here, there's there there's a decent scene now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, Boise's saw, getting bigger. I saw by a the day. 600 LT the other day, driving around. Yeah. Quite nice. Hmm. Yeah, I saw McLaren out here in Portland not long ago, and I nudge my wife i'm like wow that's i think it was a 570 but some of them yeah, some of, the only one i can quickly for, pick up is a 720 it's drastically different well the p1 the p1 the p1 that's easy but the you don't P1 see many to drive around be, yeah no you're not likely um, yeah, so that's, that's really all I've, all I've done. Uh, done some other stuff, but it's not really worth, worth mentioning. So I think we'll, uh, kind of move on to, uh, topics and news, yes. more news about the Bronco. <laughs> and here's Jeff. Me. So Jeff, 
Jeff, what's going on with the Bronco, bud? I don't know. They they've dropped pictures in it, and it's going to be terrible. That's all I know. Okay, so <laughs> Bronco has become a brand now. What? So uh, much like Ford announced that the Mustang was now a brand with the introduction of the of the Mach E, um, they're doing the same thing with the Bronco. Stop it, Ford. Becoming Dodge. There is some good news in this. There is some good news in this. They have confirmed with with an official picture that the Bronco will be available in four door and two door as well as the Sport. So, what I'm taking away from this picture is that Ford is offering a two door SUV. I never thought that was going to happen. So they're they're offering a Wrangler. But, but when was the last time they did that? 1996. Yeah, but but the Bronco was its own beast, man. Broncos were dope. They were heavy. They were big. They were meaty. They're burly. Now they're making it a brand. God, I hate it. Can the car still be good though? No, it can't. It can't. Sure, it, it can. It will not. Jeff, it, not it doesn't like thing. anything new. I just hate hate corporate worlds. <laughs> <laughs> so we're getting. Are, are they going to call it the? They should call it the Bronco too, shouldn't they? The Bronco Sport. Should be the Bronco. Yeah. They should call it the Bronco too. That would be good. But unlike uh, the other thing that they called a two back in the seventies that we won't speak of. Mama mm. always said if you can't say something nice, don't say anything at all. So I'm just gonna be quiet now. Signing off. <laughs> so also in the picture they show the two door with uh daylight clearly showing um through where the <clears throat> windows should be. So it it's definitely showing that the two door is no windows visible and no doors. Mm. So they are definitely going directly after the Wrangler, not yeah. not soft roading as much as I thought they were going to. They seem to be really taking it seriously. So, Jeff, the the grill teaser, does that have any hope in it? I think the grill teaser will be the best part of the of the truck, honestly. I think they'll they'll do what what I don't know, kind of what a lot of the companies have done with their baby boomer retro cars, where they show off, they they they'll like they'll stylize it a little bit, you know, and then the rest of it will just kind of be a bland mold off of a Ford Flex or something, and with dirt tires and you know 15 inch alloy wheels, and they'll call it a Bronco, but it'll have a nice fascia. Short of a carburetor. What could Ford do to make this worthy of the Bronco name? So there was a, uh, the most, probably maybe the second most popular um, rendering that was actually a fan rendition or artist rendition of the Bronco that's been floating around that was kind of a good mix of the full size of the small Bronco of all of the different generations uh, that I really liked. And that was kind of the one that... uh, you know, it's been floating around probably the last three years. And, you know, you could post a picture of it if you want. But that was the one that's that's super common. And I really thought that that had a lot of attention to detail and all of the different generations of Bronco and still brought it kind of into the modern world, which 
you know, isn't for me, but it's still something I would be into and I could appreciate. But the whole making it a brand and, you know, selling it as a, I don't know, as a, I don't know what you call that. I mean, it's, it's, it's like a subdivision of Ford and they're just, they're just taking that name and trying to generate, make it a profit generator for them. So, you know, soccer mom, Karen down the road can get her Bronco sport and be just as cool as the kids these days. And, you know, I don't know, it just, it rubs me the wrong way. They're taking something like the Mustang and the Bronco that are kind of hold their own. They're kind of legendary. Honestly, they're like the best things Ford's ever made in their entire history, in my opinion. And they're capitalizing on that and ruining it rather than coming up with something new and creative. What if they're good though? Like, like functionally, what if, what if the Bronco is more capable off-road and nicer inside? What if it beats the Wrangler straight up? What if it's a better vehicle? Does that I mean, matter? Or is if the Wrangler's not really a high margin or a, or a high, uh, uh, high bar to, to surpass it's got crap interior it's okay off-road like that's what it's kind of known for so they would really have to like beat it off-road and then have regular ford interior to be better than a wrangler like wranglers are kind of junk um but i mean i'm probably alienating people but whatever i don't care um i don't like i don't like the inside of of wranglers they're never they never were meant to be a nice place to be they're meant to be utilitarian Broncos, on the other hand, uh, have always been a nice place to be and been utilitarian at the same time. So they're kind of a good blend. Um, but again, like going back to it being a brand, it's not going to be a Bronco anymore. It's going to be the Bronco line of these different, you know, SUVs, basically. It's going to be Ford's SUV line or their I guess their rugged male uh, SUV line. And then the Mustang, maybe their little more feminine SUV line, their Mach-E or whatever. Um, I don't know. I don't really know what their market strategy is here. Uh, it seems confused to me. It seems awkward and uh, disingenuous. What do you think, Andy? Yeah. <sighs> You know, kind of what I see is kind of like what Dodge did with Ram and SRT. They've kind of separated it. I still don't understand, like Jeff said, the logic behind it, why making it its own entity, what the, um, you know, what the thought process is behind that. Well, I'll say that it worked for Hyundai with the Genesis. Right. Yeah. Now they the split Genesis the Genesis off into its own line. And that's, that's been really good for them. They've been able to kind of separate their, they kind of built a luxury brand the same way that, um, you know, Lexus and Infinity and Acura did sure. uh, here in the U.S. Sure. But I'll remind you of Toyota and Scion and look how that went. Yeah, that was kind of more an affordable option. And, you know, that's the same with Pontiac for uh, GM. Um, and, I mean, Ford had Mercury sitting between Lincoln and Ford, and that, you know, that went away. So maybe there's not room for it. Uh, just like I believe SRT was eventually absorbed back in for cafe reasons. Um, 
but I don't think they're splitting Bronco off as a company like like they did with SRT. Um, I find it more of an SVT sort of a deal to kind of keep in theme where these kind of live here maybe to try to keep them from being diluted. Um, but that kind of falls apart when you look at, you know, the Mustang there specifically diluting it though. I think the mach is going to be good. I I do think that calling it a Mustang is they're just trying to get people to look at it Yeah, and they're willing to they're using the name kind of, yeah. To generate more interest. Yeah. I, 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 the mach looks interesting too. And, but I, I don't agree with using the Mustang name in front of it. Call it the Mach-E. I'll call it the Mustang. It's not, the so it's what, not a Mustang with an electric thoughts, motor. What are your thoughts on this on this picture then that we're, we've been uh, talking about this this picture that shows the two-door and the four-door and the sport? Do you think that the silhouettes, like for me, I'm worried that they almost look like a two-door Wrangler, a four-door Wrangler, and a Range Rover Evoke? I'm hoping that they differentiate themselves under full light. Yeah, but. I would. I would hope the the the, the two door has more, you know, that of the you know rugged off road look, and the four door maybe a little more of a slick back version. The sport, I honestly don't know what to do with. I I, I don't. I really don't. Well, I suppose we're just a. Let's see. Yeah, it's supposed to come out on the, what did they say, the 14th? I can't remember. So, because it was supposed to be the 9th and they pushed it. So, uh, by the time we record another episode, it will be out. So, we'll have, uh, we'll kind of touch on it one more time with our overall thoughts. Um, I'm, I'm but, excited and I'm nervous, I think. Because yeah. I think I'm going to be disappointed. But I'm also hoping to be wrong. <laughs> yes, just waiting to be proven wrong so he can like it. Yeah. Expecting the worst, but hoping for the best. Yeah, I'm I'm secretly excited, but I'm I wouldn't I'm I'm expecting it to be bad, but I'm like I'm hoping that there's something that will be like okay, that's cool. They didn't screw that up completely. Yeah, or I think, I think or it'll be regular. Well. <laughs> I'm I'm curious to see the price points and what and what each one specifically offers is I've I've read rumors that there's potentially three different engine options including EcoBoosts and didn't they have a diesel or something I haven't seen anything that's really backing that nothing because the Rangers yeah. the Ranger diesel still delayed for EPA reasons so I don't I don't know and until they get it into the Ranger because they only have it in the 150 and it's not they're not making many of them so I don't think Ford's really committed to diesels. I think they're committed to EVs at this point. Yeah. I think they'd sooner make a mild hybrid um, out of it. Um, Other than that, Tesla, uh, Tesla stock has gone absolutely bonkers. Have you guys heard about this? I've been watching it. I look at it every couple of days. It's insane. Yeah, we should have bought a thousand dollars. Yeah, twelve hundred. Yeah, I, I, when when I started playing with when I started playing with stocks a couple months ago, it was at like four four fifty. Mm-hmm. That's that's insane. I remember when. 
Shelly had the opportunity to buy it, I think, under $200, and yeah. her boss bought some, and then she was like, nah, it's overpriced, and didn't buy oh, it. Oh, God, yeah, I wish. Yeah, I feel bad for all the people. Well, I don't feel bad for them, but all the people who are uh, shorting the stock are not doing well. Yeah. Yeah. Tesla, yeah, currently 1432 as of today. That's impressive. It is. I mean, that's... I'd like to uh I'd like to get free money. That'd be nice. Right. Stock market's basically just gambling it is. with it's, your money. It's adult gambling. <laughs> yeah. It's it's accepted adult gambling. It's, yeah. Yeah, it's that's pretty accurate. I feel like I work too hard to gamble my money away. Yeah. That's why I haven't thrown a ton at it yet, but Although I just I just basically contribute to my 401k and that's about it. Well, that's not bad. Yeah. Yeah. The idea with investing is just, you can never use money that you can't afford to lose. So as much as I'd like to do more than I'm doing, it's like, well, I need that right now. Yeah, exactly. Pretty much. Just play with penance. I mean, that's the thing is you can't just get a share of, of Tesla just to play with it's $1,200. Like you could buy a Beamer for that. Yeah, you can buy a really nice BMW. Yeah, pretty close. Yeah. Um, but uh, did you guys hear about the short shorts? Like Daisy Dukes? So Tesla um, is making a pair of red shorts that he is donating some of them to uh, the SEC. They're, they have a uh, oh a division gosh. for people who short stocks. <laughs> so it's a specific middle finger, and on the front, it's got it's red short shorts, like like gym short material. And on the front, it's got a Tesla logo, and on the back, it's S three XY. Oh, that's so funny. So for those two who didn't catch it, that's that's their four models that they have that roughly spells out sexy on the bus. I've seen that play coming for so long with the model uh, names. Like as soon as they start, I'm like, please don't do something uh, crappy. That's great. Yeah, and that he was so actually great. Elon was upset when they had to uh swap um the wow. model X to come before the model three. Yeah. Because he had it planned out exactly. this way. Oh my exactly. gosh, really? Yes. This was day wow. one. Yeah. I did not know this. That's hilarious. Good yeah. for him. <laughs> I mean, the same way that the like boring Tesla company, a more now. he, you know, he's divisive um, and a lot of people really don't like him. A lot of people like him. I like him, but I, I realize he's kind of a uh, conceited jerk, but he has to be insane to do what he's doing. Um, the flamethrower that he made for the boring company when they sold all the hats, they sold flamethrowers like. Why not? It's called the not a flamethrower. <laughs> flamethrower. Because <laughs> yeah, because you couldn't sell flamethrowers technically. technically. So what it technically is is a is a uh, weed burner. You yeah. know. Oh yeah. Like the propane weed burners. It's technically one of those. And so they call they tried to call it a flamethrower and uh, the uh, 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 tobacco firearms uh, people. ATF. Yeah, ATF came in and said you can't do that, and they're like, "All right, it is a not a flamethrower." <laughs> yeah, you have to word, you have to word things thir- certain ways with the ATF. 
And so between that and the, uh, you know, calling it ludicrous mode, we're going plaid. <laughs> and all, just they do, um, you know, like Christmas mode and all the silly things that they do kind of, it, it makes it kind of neat to follow them. And that's the whole point, right? Like that's a marketing thing is do interesting things so that you get um, publicity and people sell, people buy your car. Last quarter, Tesla sold 90, delivered 90,000 cars. Jeez. And got got orders for 82,000 cars. As of, as of this recording, they are the most uh, valuable um, autom- automaker on the planet. Past GM, past Toyota. That's crazy. They have the highest valuation. So, I mean, got to keep an eye on that space, and it'd be neat to see, you know, Riven or um, uh, what was it? Uh, Riven is one, and there was the Badger. Nikola. We talked about it. Yeah, Nikola. That'd be cool to see those come out and kind of make a, a similar splash. Um. We're kind of coming up on time, but uh, have you guys looked into the F one fifty? I have not. The, uh, not, the new, the not new in particular. One? I haven't. No, we were talking so, about it the other day, but I haven't had time to research everything yet. I heard there's some neat stuff with it. Um, I'll kind of, I'll kind of walk through it, but I think uh, next episode we'll probably do a more in depth uh, look. But so a few of the features that you can opt for are. The front seats on the crew cabs can recline back almost flat so that you can actually sleep Ooh, in the truck. That's nice. The shift lever can actually be folded down flat and you can push the center console and fold it over in front and you have a flat work surface. That's, truck. That is valuable. So the idea is that's also lunch. Like that's where you have yeah. your lunch. That's beautiful. Um, on top of this, they have uh, a, um, a a hybrid releasing this year. Now this is a full hybrid using the three point five EcoBoost. Um, so on top of the fuel mileage that you get, it also you can have uh, what they call pro power on board, which basically turns the truck into a mobile generator. Since you've got all that high, that uh, um, the high voltage running through it, you're able to run uh, 7.2 kilowatt uh, 110 plugs. So you can run like big giant work lights. You can run um, like circular saws out of the bed of your truck. Wow. That's gangster. And they'll work for, for like days. You can have this stuff running for days. That's pretty sweet. Um, next year they're coming out with the full EV, but like to start out with, for instance, this thing will tow, the hybrid will tow 12,000 pounds. At, at that point, this is how you get people to buy hybrids is, hey, it's still the same truck you're used to, but just that. Yeah. Yeah, we're gonna have to spend some more time looking at this. 
Yeah, definitely. There's there's so much coming out. They've got like 11 different grill options to customize the truck. They're really going all in with this truck. Um, and they're they're kind of throwing down the gauntlet because, you know, Chevy and, Do- uh, Chevy and Ram, I should say, have been really stepping it up. And, you know, they've really caught up with Ford in the past few years, especially Ram. Um, you know, you mentioned you didn't like their interior uh, specifically, but... They are at least better than they were in in 2008. It wasn't a contest, but you know they've they, everyone's closed in so much, and with the Cybertruck on the uh, on the way, and like we said, the ribbons and stuff, Ford needs to definitely uh, stay on top of the truck game, or they could they could lose the crown. I mean, every year is another year. Uh, so. Point, yeah. I'll give you guys a couple weeks to kind of look uh, look into it, but I'm just going to drop this in chat real quick, and you can kind of see the the folding uh, gear shift and the uh, the fold out uh, table that you can work on. And it's just it's they're thinking ahead and they're thinking sideways instead of just do more truck, more truck better, and you know. The new truck looks like they've refined it visually. It's not just a bigger grill and a and bigger emblems and it it has a little bit of class to it again. So I'll let you guys uh, weigh in on on uh, on the article I sent before we uh, before we close out. Take your time. Taking a quick peek at the pictures. Yeah, that's that's kind of neat how that shifter folds down like that. Yeah, it's in the whole thing. Wow, that's slick. That's the kind of thing that I actually would yeah. get me, you know, if I was in the market for a $60,000 truck. That's the sort of thing. But, I mean, this is going to be available down to the XL trims too, of course, yeah. for work. But this is the kind of thing that's going to get people in the door to go, that's actually very useful, and I think that's going to break. Things going to break. That's going to break. That's going to be a lawsuit. The shifter or the table? The shifter. Well, Fine, negative, Jeff. <laughs> blah blah blah. No, <laughs> no, it's clever. I appreciate the idea. Why don't they put it on the column, and then you don't have to worry about that's, it? That's my question. Why not? Why not do it on the column like the roto, roto dials, like they've they've done before? I just oh, I I cannot stand a center column shifted truck. Really? That's no, that's yeah. no. Like I don't even like cars that way unless it's a manual. Like there's no sense in it. It just right. takes up room where you could otherwise be having other things. Like if you have a bench seat, you could have someone sitting there or you could have your cups there or you could right. have whatever. Yeah. So much more but real estate. People just yeah, have why, this. Why take it off the steering column. Yeah. Right. So I know the original reason they were there <clears throat> was because it's a direct shot down to the transmission, right? Like obviously, but with the advent of EVs and drive by wire, everything you mentioned that. And I realized how insane it is that my X5 has has it on the column. Why? Why is it on the column? You know, Lincoln has the the push button on the dash again, like they did in the 
in the fifties and sixties, but these ones don't catch mm-hmm. on fire. Um, and it's like, of, of course it's room for another cup holder. And that's what people want. They want convenience. But for so, some reason I, I, I've noticed that, and I don't know if it was, and I, I'm not, you know, making any insinuation, but I, I noticed that, in general, cars geared more towards like the female buyer tend to like the column or the uh, center column shifted vehicles better. I know from experience, both uh, my girlfriend and her mom did not want a car with a column shifter. They wanted something with the center column shifter. Like she was looking at an, an escape one year earlier than hers where it had the column shift and then her escape with the center shift. And she hated the column shift for no reason. Couldn't tell me why. Hmm. But she wanted the one with the center shift. She just thought it was easier. And then her mom was the same way with her car. And uh, to me, like when I built the the Chevy, I didn't want like all the hot rod guys put their little low car shifter up through the floor. But I was like, that's space I could put things. That's space I can move my feet. Um, I could have her sit right next to me. Like it just doesn't make sense. And like put it on the column. It's right there. It's kind of out of your way. Like you never, I don't know. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Um, yeah, it's a great point. I think it's one of those consumer insights thing that people they, they probably did testing and found out that people liked liked it being in the center for some reason. Like, there's just some things that you can't explain other than people like it. It's, it's got to be um, it's, like I said, it's got to be something drivability wise, whatnot. Like, you know, you get you're, it's more you get more of a cockpit kind of a feel when you're separated, you know, into your own seat yeah. like that. You know. Mm-hmm. kind of compartmentalizes you into that part of the car you know i'm sure i'm sure there's some sort of safety tie into it as well too you know it contains you in the better could be could be hmm. yeah like you say though it's like now cars aren't even shifted by uh the actual stick anyway they're yeah, all there's, there's no controlled so it's all it's all just a facade right. anyway so you know, you're seeing a lot of even newer trucks coming out that are servo shifted, you know, and a lot of them still keep the, you know, the big trucks. I don't know if even if the big trucks still have a column or not shifter, but even those are just big bulky pieces of plastic just for the sake of being a piece of plastic. They all have they all have a remote thing hooking took to a servo that tells it when the servo can actuate the transmission into drive or reverse or park or whatever, which is just kind of a, I don't know. It's not authentic. I don't like, <laughs> it. like it. <laughs> I don't. I don't like anything that's not authentic. Like if you're gonna if you're gonna give me a, a, a shifter that's a stick that doesn't actually have a physical connection to anything, and I'm just moving a lever that I could just as easily move a potentiometer or a or a multi-position switch. Like give me I that. Agree. Like don't dress it up as something that it's not just to make me feel like I'm some yeah. masculine thing like through that I, I like sh- shifting Wait, a truck Jeff do you not want to be pandered to <laughs> I, I like the feeling right. of shifting <laughs> a proper truck out of parking to gear and feeling that little bit of lunge to it when you're as you're doing it, you know that proper yeah. feeling of it actually disengaging and engaging yeah yeah uh, completely off topic uh, just because it came to my <clears throat> mind so CVT's the transmissions for they're pretty much gone now, but the ones that still exist have quote unquote simulated shift points. Oh, that's cute. 
would you guys would you guys be more in favor of an EV if it had shift points? If if you're if you're driving along and the the torque would kind of pick up and then at thirty five miles an hour or so kind of dip. I wouldn't even sim- drive an EV to 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 know. Yeah. Um I really I don't have a good baseline for that. I've been in I've been in them and the constant and immense torque is so exhilarating I couldn't imagine breaking that up. But I don't know because I'm not, I haven't dug into it, but um, I know that it's not practical in most cases to have a gearbox behind a uh, electric motor. There's uh, no point because you're always in the meat of the, of the torque. Right. But so electric motors have a, have a horsepower and torque curve, just like any other um, engine. Um, But there is there's a there's a lot broader range of available torque so in most applications it doesn't make sense to have a gearbox that said you look at some of the electric cars that top out at 125 miles an hour because they are outside of that power band or they can overheat their batteries they're over revving um whatever that may be could a two-speed maybe make sense where you have your low range and a high range where you drop those RPMs back down into the peak of the torque curve of that electric motor and then you gain some performance so what, back? What Jeff's saying is he wants a it. Tesla with a power glide. I'd pay, I'd, I might <laughs> yeah, pay money for that. Yeah, put a, put, a, put a 1960 power glide transmission behind a Tesla uh, run it in some old, you know, like flapped out Impala and just rip that thing. You know what I mean? Okay. You heard it here first. Jeff's buying an Impala and putting a Tesla engine in it with a power glide. I might have to come over there and help build this. <laughs> how, how horrible and awesome. I think, that, be I think it'd be time. pretty sweet. That would be an electrical nightmare, but. It would be one of those things that people would just they, yeah, right. they would ask why, but they wouldn't even know how to it get the words because, out of their mouth. It would be they because would be if, like, that's why. What? What were you thinking? The only answer oh, is know. to shrug. Because no. uh, it was there. Because I got <laughs> That would be a really expensive science project. <laughs> yeah. I think I think somebody needs to sponsor that project. Yep. Yep. Elon Musk, Elon, if you're yeah. listening, he's probably our only <laughs> listener. Pro- probably, he's, he's an alien. Yeah. He can listen to everything. What are these kids talking about this yeah. week? And that, I think, will bring us to the end of our 23rd episode of Garage Night because we have uh, we have hit our hour. Uh, thank you very much for for listening. Thanks, everyone. And. Uh, uh, the usual, we are working on a Garage Night website uh, right now. Um, so that'll be up pretty soon. But right now, you can still find everything at tinydogpodcast.com. Um, you can contact us there. Uh, if you want us to talk about a subject, we're, uh, we're open for, for topics. Um, of course, uh, feedback, uh, if you're listening on iTunes, even a rating, you just got to click. Uh, however many stars, which the answer is five, um, that that actually does make a difference on 
more people finding the show and uh, getting more listeners and snowballing it from there. Um, or wherever you are, we're, um, we're submitted more places now, so should be a, a brighter, uh, wider audience uh, coming. Uh, so uh, you guys have any other final thoughts before uh, we close out for the night? Jeff hates it. Be sure to plant your antenna garden. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. Plant your antenna garden, tend it well, and it shall be fruitful with yeah, many. Do you, do you see the antenna ball coming out yet, Jeff? It's 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 starting to crest out the uh, ah, out the yeah. surface of the soil. You know, I've been pouring antifreeze all over it. Pro so tip: it should grow nice. um, ATF. Oh, ATF. One quart, like one, one quart, quart a week in particular. You'll, one quart of it's ATF. Almost like it's almost like this is a terrible suggestion. <laughs> and DEQ uh, d- disregard uh, this episode. No. No, we don't live in Oregon. Well, no, I no, don't. no. <laughs> Not, none of us. Yeah, lucky. Well, without further ado, uh, from all of us here, we'll uh, go ahead and wish you a very good night. Good night, everybody. Adios. Listening to the Garage Night podcast. A special thanks for Jeff Tracy and Annie Tamlin for joining the show this week. Until next week, keep turning wrenches. Get Millie in here. She makes good animal noises. Kids are good at that. What does the fox say? That's a lot. There's a lot of answers to that. <laughs> I don't know, Jeff. What does the fox say? Uh, it it rhymes with unreliability. I was about to say sputter, sputter, die. <laughs> tick, 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 tick. Yeah. Goes, goes the fox into the house. Knock, knock. How do you make the sound of a power steering pump whining? Is it? It's, that was pretty, that was pretty good. Yeah. As long as it's not rod knock. <laughs> that's Mitsubishi. <laughs> no, that that's a DSM. Yeah, DSM. Isn't that the same? Diamond Star Motors, yeah. <laughs> Ooh, we could talk about them and, and irritate our three viewers. What what are the chances that that we of the listeners that we have, that one of them would have a DSM and take offense? At this point, pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> we probably have pretty good odds. Yeah. No one likes DSMs because they're not even around anymore, so it's all good. Ow, 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 ow.